Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor at Forward Church in Chiefland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, I am glad you're here today, and I just got news for you. This is either going to be your, your favorite Sunday, or this is going to be your worst Sunday ever. Because <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. T- t- nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, I'm nervous, but I think it's going to be good. Since this is the last uh, Sunday of the month of February, I could not let a month, the month pass by without dealing with the subject of relationships and marriage, especially since we just came back from the, from the marriage conference. How many married couples that are in the house that actually went to the marriage conference and showed up at church today? Let me hear you make some noise in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an incredible, incredible time. I will encourage you to get in on next year's. I believe the dates, somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's February 19th and 20th, um, I believe, are the dates. Um, But if you want to really get a little extra action time, um, and I'll just leave that right there, um, you want to go up on the 18th because some of us went up a day before, and that truly was uh, made it the best trip. Um, because we, instead of trying to get off a bus and, and pile in and you're just constantly being pushed and prodded by time and schedules and sessions, um, we went up a day early and, um, and just, just had a great, great time together shopping. Um, we actually, I won't make, mention any names. Um, luckily, it wasn't my wife that did it. But as we were, were arriving at the hotel on that first day, um, we met two individuals that are actually in this room as I speak. I'll look down so there's no eye contact. Um, but they were actually showing up from what I was told was the second time dropping off gifts, shopping gifts. Now, these people are married, but their husband didn't go. I guarantee you they'll go next year. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. I can see some people going, honey. Is there something we need to talk about? See, I didn't, I didn't expose anybody. I'm just saying it was a great, great, great trip. So I couldn't let this, this day go, back, go by uh, without dealing with it as we approach and get in to March. So as I got into dealing with this subject, um, I, 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 I was like, well, I can come up with two titles. Y'all know I, like, I put a lot of time and thought into titles. And I said I could do the safe, traditional title or I could just be raw, real, and just throw it out there. And I was going to give you guys the option of deciding how you were feeling today. Were you feeling a little traditional or a little spicy? But I just threw all that out the window. We're going spicy today, okay? So I want to speak to you from the subject, bringing sexy back. (laughs) Bringing sexy back. Now, it's not exactly what you're going to think, but I will tell you this. Let me bring the, the air back in the room because there are three areas that we don't, that causes the air to leave the room and that's marriage and relationships, money and sex. The reason we don't, we don't like to talk about it or, or the reason it makes us feel uncomfortable is because we don't talk about it in the church. And that's, those are the three areas that we actually mess up the worst in. And I'm looking at a group of Christians. That's the area that we mess up in. Marriage and relationships, slash relationships, money and sex. Now, I'm not going to go crazy using the S word, okay? So don't, I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but it is the greatest story that, that this world has ever, ever heard. And if the church doesn't stand up and talk about it, the world will, and culture will actually position you in a place and give you a false narrative of what it really looks like and what it's really supposed to be. 
So I'm not going to be one of those pastors. I mean, you, I mean, pretty much you've already figured that out. I'm non-traditional. There's nothing about me that's traditional. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't like. He came and abolished religious traditions. I, I, and I'm about what the, when I said a long time ago, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. I believe the Father's heart gets broken when, when people uh, 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 cling to traditions and religious experiences but i just i i, I want to cling to jesus that's all and however he wants to move on me that's the way i want it to be amen so today we're going to be talking about bringing sexy back now so it says what's that mean by the very definition of sexy it means good it's an adjective it describes something you could look at someone's truck and say i like your truck that's a sexy truck i like your dress it's sexy I'm trying to change your, your, I know some of y'all are going like, I'm so nervous right now when I invited somebody to church. If you're visiting here for the very first time, it's A-okay. I believe that we should apply God's word to every area of our life. And if we won't allow him to touch marriage, relationships, sex, and money, then we, we might as well just, we're on the road for disaster and destruction. So I always want to be a church and I always want to be a leader who actually shares stuff with people that they're actually dealing with. Because things in our marriage, and Amy, somebody who got wind of what the message was going to be on, was like, is she sitting on the front row or the back row today? <laughs> She's so nervous. It's okay. You're not looking at a pastor or, or an individual whose marriage or relationships has always been the greatest. You're not looking at a pastor whose finances have been, have been just fine-tuned. You're not looking at a pastor who's done sex God's way just like some of you. I don't mind talking about me, but I'll definitely share the love because there's enough in the word to go around. Amen? So, God wants our marriages, he wants our, our relationships to be sexy by definition. When he created man, he said, it is good. When he created woman, it is good. He wants our marriages to be sexy. How do we have a sexy marriage? I'm just jumping right in. How do we do it? You can have a sexy marriage when you do marriage God's way. When you bring God in, into the equation, your marriage will be sexy. That doesn't mean, and, and, and let me say this, that doesn't mean that, that you're not going to have any problems. Sexy marriages are those that can actually go through some heat, that can actually go through some tension. And those of you that were at the marriage conference, you understand that tension is good. Tension actually produces something. So a sexy marriage isn't one without any complications. A sexy marriage is one that can actually hit a wall, hit a roadblock, just shake it up a little bit and can actually still move forward and hold it together. That's a sexy marriage. See, I told you it wasn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. But I'm telling you, God's going to do work in this place today. He's already, I woke up, I just, he guaranteed me that it was going to happen today. If that's, if you believe, if you're believing for him to do something and you say, that's me. I don't know about you, but I want to, I want to, I, I want to be sexy. I, I mean, who, who wants to walk around going, man, I'm just ugly, little skinny white boy, you know? Baby, am I sexy? Absolutely. Great answer. And likewise, she's sexy. I want, I want young people to look at B and Amy and go, man, they got a sexy marriage. That's what it means. Look it up later. Not now, but look it up. It, the, the, the other definition means it's good. I want young people to, I want to be a role model. People go, man, well, when you get old, it's just, it's just, it's just whatever you got. Dude, dude, you do whatever you got to do, but you, you keep it hot and spicy. Because I, I know. <laughs> oh my God. 
We should be a role model for the, because if we're not, if we don't show the up and coming church, the up and coming, if we don't show them God's way, culture will show them the wrong way. And I'm telling you, it's our responsibility to prevent them from experiencing the hurt. We think God doesn't want us to have sex. Man, I, I, I grew up thinking, I, I just got to be a virgin. I, I just got to be, man, God wants more for you than virginity. He wants purity. I'm talking to young people today. He wants, he's not trying to keep anything from you other than heartache and pain. I'll move off of it because my message isn't on SEX. It's, it's much deeper than that. But I, I just want to clear the air because I, I want the enemy to know we will not back down. You're coming hard through, 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 through technology and through commercials and all this stuff. The church should be coming back just as hard, pushing back just as hard. I'll move right along. <laughs> but I want a relationship, I want a marriage that's pleasing to the Father. And I want to do it his way. How many, how many other married couples in here? So Jesus did not come. God did not send Jesus. He, Jesus did not sign up for the task of coming to this earth only to repair our relationship with the Father. He also came so that we can repair our horizontal relationships. Jesus came to show us how to, how to handle our relationships with each other. When you do it God's way, doesn't mean you're not going to go through tests and trials. It just means you got something that will stand the test of that test or trial. You have something that will stand the test of time. That's God's way. Amen? I believe the Bible is full of principles uh, for our relationships. And if we'll follow those principles, even though they're attached to boundaries of what we shouldn't, he's preventing us, uh, trying to prevent us from experiencing heartache and pain. If we'll do it God's way, there are blessings that more than we could ever imagine that he wants to give you and I. I believe that. So if you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 21. No doubt if you've married been married you've heard uh this verse before whether it's through counseling the the the, the, uh verses will not be on the megatron screen today um they should be in your supercharged bible or your paperback amen so here it goes uh ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says this and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body. Men, don't you know that it's your responsibility to save your family, protect your family, just as Christ has saved and protected us, his bride. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to Wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time gathered around your word. God, I, we believe it is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. God, I ask that you would illuminate it 
for those of us that are married that we would be drawn to doing it your way and those in the room that are currently single the god that they would be drawn to pursue and advance their relationships your way in jesus name everybody said come on everybody said so we're living in challenging times Okay? We're living in a time where things get a little crazy, things get a little jaded. But when we look at statistics, we discover that what seems to be, even, even though we, we seem to teach more and more on relationships, relationships is an area we still can't get right. One out of two marriages, even in the church, end in divorce. Do you know what the root cause of any argument in any relationship, the root cause, 99.9% is this. I already heard the word while I was back there this morning, selfishness. Every, I've been divorced, okay? So I'm not jamming on anybody who, who has walked that road, walking that road. But I'm telling you, it all goes back to selfishness. You see it not just in marriage. Just think about it. Any relationship that gets a little out of balance, most of it family, co-workers, boss to employee. Why? Because I'm selfish. I want it my way. If you don't do it God's way, and it's not just marriage. I'm talking to, in all of our relationships, we must do it God's way. We must deny our flesh every single day. Every, every argument or every... Um, um, I like to look at it that I'm actually setting her up so that we can make up discussions. Y'all miss that. I don't like to call it an argument. I'm just setting us up so that we can have a makeup. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. Put a little jam on it. You'll understand. Anyway, um, <laughs> for those that rode in my car, you know. Anyway, um, we must do it God's way. If you're taking notes, before, the, is there any points that I give you? You got it. In every area of my life, I must do it God's way. I must deny how I want it. Don't, how, it's got to be for me. It's the root cause. It is the root cause. Selfishness. People say, well, I'm not selfish. I just deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you deserve something, all right. And I'm talking to me. I've been there. I understand. And I also know the heartache and pain that anybody else felt heartache and pain because you were pushing the way you wanted things done? Anybody else in this house? Selfishness. Let me just stop right here and say this. One-sided marriages, one-sided relationships will never work. One-sided relationship between between a, 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 a church and those who attend church will never work. If you're always showing up to the church going, I gotta have it my way, sing my song, talk on this, don't talk on that. And some of you already checked out saying I ain't coming back because he's already making me feel uncomfortable. The, the word of God should make you feel a little uncomfortable if you ain't working and rolling in it. One-sided relationships will not work. I'll tell you what I'm saying. If you're, if you're in a one-sided marriage, you're not in a marriage that God has designed for you. What's a one-sided marriage look like? Sir, don't walk in expecting her to have it all done and planned out for you. Ladies, don't expect him to. It should be, it should be not just a 50-50. It should be me giving 110 and her giving 110. And, there, and Amy describes it best. When I'm, the, when I'm weak, she's stronger. And when she's weak, I'm a little stronger. And that's just how it works for us. 
But if you catch us on a day where we're both weak, you better watch out. And the weakness will actually, will actually expose selfishness. Weakness is there because there is selfishness. I know some of y'all like, I, 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 don't, I don't like this message. That's okay. I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to deliver it. But I know there's some people in this house that need to understand, I got to stop being selfish or I'm going to let what God has created for me, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to send it down a road that's going to lead to destruction. And I'm just telling the truth this morning. Because I have, I've heard dad say this all, all my life. I have to give an account whether I actually tweak this or I actually deliver it the way he gave it or actually deliver it the way he wrote it. I got it. I, I have to do that. And so do you. Once you hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you're held accountable on what you do with the truth. And usually selfishness will actually cause you to dis, dis, discontinue that and just, do, just continue to do your own thing. It's selfishness. Remember what I said? It's the root of it. It's selfishness. Why did the devil get kicked out of heaven? Selfishness. I want the glory. I want the praise. Selfishness. Somebody say, bringing sexy back. I just wanted to see if y'all would say it. Just bringing it back. Bringing it back. Here's the dilemma. Culture is pushing on us and telling us what, is, what sexy is. But the church has the greatest news, the greatest story ever told. And it is our responsibility to stand in front of culture and push back. And so that's not the way. See, God created sex. I know I said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it again. God created it. The enemy did not create it. He said it is good. He actually put man and woman down here on the earth. They, were, they, were, they was exposed. I'm trying to tone it down just a little bit. They were exposed. You know, you, do you know when, they, when sin came in, when she and he got selfish and doubt entered the picture? I don't have to break the story down. You understand. Selfishness is a destruction, is, a de, is destroying humanity. It's time for the church to show up and start defining what sexy really looks like. Sexy is a man of God. Sexy is a woman of God. Sexy is a man of God who is actually, who is actually uh, running after the heart of God more than... Oh, let me say this to singles, then I'm going to give you these points, okay? Because some of y'all are so tight, it's like, Sex, singles, sexy singles, how's that? Marriage will not complete you. I know Jerry Maguire told you, you complete me. That's a lie. Marriage will not complete you. Marriage, it will only complement the real you. If you're taking notes, write that down. Marriage will not complete you. If you're not fully put together, if you're relying on someone else to help you stand up straight other than Jesus, you will eventually fall. And if you try to do marriage relationship outside of the way God wants it done, you will fall. Uh, marriage doesn't solve your problems. It magnifies your problems. It, does, it, it magnifies who you really are. Because when you squeeze a lemon, whatever's inside is coming out. And when you get into a relationship... It doesn't matter if you, say, if you say, I'm still trying to do it God's way. I'm trying to have a sexy marriage. I'm trying to do it the way God. When you squeeze, when, he, when, when, when the pressures of life squeeze on you, it should be Jesus that comes out. It shouldn't be, well, I, well fine. Get, you go, you're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. I'm staying somewhere else. Y'all have said those things before if you're married. I know you have. It only magnifies. It doesn't solve. So Paul is speaking directly to men and women individually. Men. You cannot fix a woman. And ladies, you cannot fix a man. Only the creator can do that. And if you want him in on the deal, you got to bring him, you bring him in, put him in on, the, in on the deal. You didn't create him. 
There is none of your DNA in there. Yes, I have DNA from my mother and my father, but I also have the DNA of my heavenly father. He's my creator. Stop trying to change your spouse. So today, in order for us to bring sexy back, I want to ask men three questions, and I want to ask ladies three questions, and then something incredibly special is going to happen at the very end under the direction of the Holy Spirit. I did not plan it this, but at the conference, he said, this is how it's going to be, and that's what we, that's the way we're going to do it. But I want to give you three questions for the men. And I want to start with the guys first. I know I've heard it. Man, I'm just looking for a lady to submit. I need her to submit. Yeah, I heard what that pastor said. He said, he said she needs to submit. Question, can you be a, a man worth submitting to? So that's four questions. Actually, the, the, the next three are surrounded by that one. You write that down. Everybody should be right, taking notes today. Put it in your phone. I'm just telling you, what you show as a priority will show up and help you later. If you, if you, if you cancel it out when you need it, it won't be there because you, you won't even remember. And we need to actually identify when it's the enemy and it's not our spouse. Yes, there are t- things that bother us that our sp- spouses do, but the enemy is behind. There's always an enemy behind what you perceive as an enemy. Okay? So, can you be a man? Men, can, we, can I be a man worth submitting to? Because just, because uh, just because the Bible says it doesn't mean you're a candidate for it. All right, here we go. Fellas, can your love for her outweigh your lust for her? Can your love for her outweigh your lust for her? I've met some guys who are animals. I mean, like, I mean, gym, locker room, just being in a store, hearing conversations on the other side of the aisle. That's not love. Lust is a feeling. Love is a choice. Because God, Jesus, chose. It was a choice. I can say I love you all day long, but what am I willing to, what am I willing to sacrifice to show you that I love you? Again, this is not just for marriages. This is across the board for relationships. There's little nuggets that you should be getting. Lust is a feeling. Love is a choice. The Bible says love is patient. The Bible says love is patient. God is saying, where are the men in 2020 who will bring sexy back? Oh, you want your wife to submit? Be patient. These aren't points, but somebody, I, should, I shouldn't see eyes. I should see tops of heads writing stuff down, guys and ladies. You want a wife to submit? Be patient. You want to bring sexy back? Lead her. Second question. Guys, are you leading her or are you forcing her? This is what I mean. Amy says, hey, Bradley, what do you want... Um, what, what do you want to do Friday night? I don't know. Is that, whatever you want to do. Lead her. Lead her. Even in those areas. If you, men, if we can't make a Friday night choice, how in the world can they depend on us to make a life choice? Show her. Because what happens is, so I said, are you leading or are you forcing her? If you're not leading her already, because God has appointed you as the head of the house, not superior, but God has appointed you to be the leader of the home. And if you have, if you've given that position up to her, the reason it gets out of balance is because it was never supposed to be designed that way. And so what happens is we get tired of, because by nature, it's in our nature to lead. That's why it should come. Why we've, why we, 
insecurity caused. There's lots of reasons why we, we, we laid that down and let someone else lead. We're, it's in our DNA to be leaders. So what happens is, after eventually we just become so tor- tor- uh, uh, tortured or, or, or in, just frustrated inside because we're not doing what we were designed to do, then we, become to, then we get to a place where we're forcing her. You will do this. You will do it this way. And that also leads down a road of destruction. So are you leading or are you forcing? Stand up and lead. Stand up and lead. Forcing is not godly. And forcing is not sexy. Because how you treat her when the lights are on would determine how you get treated when the lights are off. That was not in my notes, but I know y'all can understand what I'm saying. It's true. I'm not trying to make things uncomfortable. I'm just saying, it ain't all about what happens when the lights go out. You need to be concentrating on what's happening when the lights are on. Then you might, I got to remember where I'm at. But you can understand it. I know I'm not looking at, well, Christians ain't supposed to be sexy. No, let's go over in this little room right here. There's a lot of little Christians running around. That means there have been some mamas and daddies who've been doing something a little sexy. Well, God wants us, he wants the very best for us. He's put out the plan for, for us, how we're supposed to do this thing. My question for every one of us, whether you're married or you're not, in any area of your life, are you doing life God's way? Because that's sexy. That's good. You want the blessings of God? Do it his way. You want God to bless your marriage? Do it his way. You want him to, to bless you want him to bless your dating relationship? Do it God's way. If you're not willing to do it God's way now, let me tell you something. You put a ring on it. It, it may be fun for a season, but I'm telling you, my friend, it will end in destruction, devastation, heartache, and pain. I've been there. I know. And some of you know as well. Do it God's way. I was at the marriage conference, sitting there watching these, these speakers, and they're so calm and so just... And then I'm thinking, you know, I'm working out how to be a better communicator. I'm like, I don't know any other way, but so I hope that's okay. I'm not that low-key guy. I'm passionate because the enemy's passionate about taking you, stealing from you, robbing from you, destroying you, and he's passionate, so why shouldn't we be passionate? You need somebody up in your junk. You need somebody up in your grill. You need somebody, when the enemy's pushing on you, you need somebody pushing back for you. That's my role. But, what I, but I'm trying to get you to a place where you, you'll begin. I want to be. That's why I said I want people to see me as sexy. And I'm not talking about what I look like because this ain't all that. I got it. But I want people to go, I want what he's got. I want that passion. I don't want the enemy messing with my home no more. So I'm trying. The passion that you see is because I want it just to ooze out so that when you rub by or fist bump me, I want you to get some of that. So when you get home and the enemy comes at you, you need to push back. Tired of playing church. Steeple, two pews, and a stained glass window. The enemy don't care about that stuff. He don't care if we got pews, padded chairs, sing out of a book or from a screen. He's looking, are you passionate about what you're singing? Are you even passionate about why you come to church? So I'm going to stop apologizing for the passion because the enemy beats me up every week. 
I want to see people win. I'm tired of watching people get the beat out of them. What are you willing to do to lay down? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to lay down for the, for the, for the, for the, for the cause of Christ? What are you willing to lay down? I'm not mad. I'm bad at the devil. And if I knew there weren't little kids in here, I'd say, I'm mad as, I'm mad at the devil robbing and stealing our students, our kids, jacking things up in my house. It's time for us to get a little something inside of us and push back on the enemy. Number three, I, I, I got to talk to the ladies. They sitting there going, man, it's real good for the men. Hold on. Number three. Are you protecting her or are you possessing her? That's my girl. That's my mama. That's my girl. No, that ain't your girl. You, you didn't create her. God called us men who are married to be protectors both physically and emotionally and spiritually. If you've never prayed for her or with her, how in the world can you lead her? So, can you love her? Excuse me, can your love for her outweigh your lust for her? Are you leading her or are you forcing her? And are you protecting her or are you possessing her? Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands, but first, find a man who's worth submitting to. Men, are we, are we worth submitting to? So Paul pushes a little further. I know, ladies. Oh, my gosh, I got to submit. I'm an independent woman. I got it. There ain't nobody on the face of this earth more independent than Amy Lee Weber. I'm telling you. She got some fire up in that, up in that candle. And I, I, a dynamite package, that's what I'm saying. I got to stop right there because it's it's that passion, baby. It's that passion. It's that passion. I get it. I mean, I don't, but I get it. But at the very beginning, the very first verse said, man and women submit to each other. So there's already a submission going on. But you got, in order for that to work, you got to submit to, to the Father, right? You got to submit to Christ, right, right, right. I got these ladies, but I, 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 I got to help you with something. I got to help you see the big picture, okay? He's asking you to submit. We got to die. <laughs> he just... We got to be willing to, we got to be willing to die. Oh, you you got to submit. I got to be willing to just say, just take it all. Just take my life. I'm willing to lay it all down. But that's, that's the package of how he's wrapped it together so we can have a sexy marriage. Have a, a Christ-filled marriage. So the question, the first topic question for the ladies is this. Can you please be a, a girl worth dying for. We have to be men worth submitting to. Can you, be a, can you be a lady of God worth dying for? Are you still here this morning? Got three questions and we're done. Get anything out of this this morning? Before you can expect a man to die for you, you must be a girl worth dying for. First question. Can your loyalty outweigh your jealousy? Can your loyalty outweigh your jealousy? There ain't nothing sexy about jealousy. Can every woman and man in the house say amen? You ever been in a relationship where there's jealousy? Who are you talking to? Who's that? Man, there ain't, a, there ain't, a, there ain't nothing on, 
There ain't nothing in this right here she ain't got access to. She can check it anytime she wants to. Jealousy is not sexy. Jealousy is not God's way. Jealousy is selfish. It's what got him, the, the enemy, kicked out of heaven. Jealousy, selfishness. Can your loyalty outweigh your jealousy? Can you be loyal in good times and tough times? Prosperity will bring a girl around, but poverty will prove if she's there for all the right reasons. It's, it's in our vows. I, I love you in sickness and in health. It's like, do we really understand what we're saying? When things are good, when things are bad, I, I, I'm still committed. I'm still in this thing. Whether you have a lot or whether we have little, I'm, I'm, we're still connected. I've never, I, I'm just going to speak on jealousy for two seconds. I've never met a guy who said, hey, meet my girl, this Linda. She's so insecure. She's so, she's so, she's so jealous. Check her out. I've never met a guy say that. Stop being jealous. No time. No time. We got to be on a mission. That's probably the, the only, there's so much that came out of that. There's so much that came out of the marriage conference, but the very one thing that hit me right between this, We've got to be mission-minded. Our relationship has to be about a mission. There's lots of different phases, but the phase that we're in now, we've already, we've already done the, uh, well, we still do the love stuff, but we've done the parents thing. We're still doing the parent thing. But there's a part that's in there that's, we've got to be about the mission and understand that when the enemy comes against us, he's not coming against us. He's coming against the mission that we represent. Now, if you've already laid down the mission and yourself is trying to do it your way, it's okay. I get it. He, he ain't bothering you. But we must recognize that every single married person in here, it may not be ministry. It may be fostering. It, it could, I, I, gotta, I can't put stuff in there. But you should have a mission for your marriage. If you don't have one, go home today, find out what can we do best together that, that glorifies God and moves the, the, the kingdom forward. Like Christ, because that's sexy. That's good. That's the way God intended it for it to be. Get mission-minded. Number two, can you communicate and not manipulate? You are called to be an influencer. Amy is my greatest influence. She's my greatest influence. Back to Adam and Eve. She influenced him. She showed up exposed want some of this apple she influenced him ladies you are your spouse your husband's greatest influence she's my greatest influence she knows she's a good temperature gauge she knows when be things are out of circuit and she knows how to put it help me put it in perspective she's an influencer I hadn't always influenced me in the, in the greatest way. We're, we're working through this. And what I'm trying to say by that is she, 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 she don't like when people talk about me. She don't like when people talk about this and talk about that. And she, she'll influence. Kind of back to me protecting her. There's some things, and I didn't say this a while ago, but there's some things that I actually have to protect her from hearing. Because what will happen is... God's called me to, she doesn't need to know what people, she don't need to know what people are thinking. I've got to protect her from that because then what will happen is if I unload on something on her that was never intended for her to know, she may cause me to be influenced in a way and then I start handling things that is not God's way. 
That's not pointing out anybody's, uh, uh, you're wrong about it. That's just saying, hey, guys, we're weak. We, we have faults. All, I'm saying all of us, we have weaknesses. So ladies, communicate. Don't manipulate. Be an influencer. Be an influencer. What words are you speaking in your house? How are you framing up your husband? You can't change him, but you can speak words about him that will actually frame up and influence how he sees himself. You want change? Speak that change. Not like, you just like your daddy. You need to change. No, just speak good stuff. Find the good qualities in him and speak that stuff over his life. Stop being negative about it. Because the enemy will always put somebody in, in, his, in his face that will actually tell the things that you were supposed to be saying all along. And that, my friend, will lead to a road called divorce. I'm just calling it what it is. Be about what you're supposed to be about. Number three, can you forgive instead of blame? Can you forgive instead of blame? Unforgiveness in a marriage always prevents you from experiencing the life that God has planned for you. Unforgiveness will always position you, reposition you down a path that God never designed or created for you. In the last few moments that we have together, can I have all the married, if your spouse is here today, can you stand together? If they're in this room is what I'm trying to say. And then I, I, then I need you, and this is, this is not to, listen, 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 listen. This is not to, it, I want things to be so right, but this is not discrediting if your spouse is not here today for, for work reasons or serving in another room. I, I got all that, okay? But this is what he told me to do. You can still go home and do this if your spouse is not here today. But I, what I want to do is we're gonna have a vowel renewal moment and how I want you to do this is I want you to find an area I don't want straight across I want you to find provide just but from from the door in here and not be close to nobody the reason a lot of our marriages are a little jacked up and jaded is we got we got too many people getting involved in our marriages this is why he told me because I was like God I can we just line them all up we can just do this thing he's like no 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 get them in a place by themselves somewhere because they need to understand that it's important that they're not connected, they're not touching, not ev- not everybody needs to hear. Even though we're going to say the same thing together, they don't need to hit that. It's, not about, it's about what's happening right there. Because the day you took your vows, whether it's in front of a judge, a bishop, a pastor, a cardinal, or whoever you call them, it wasn't about anybody else in the room but the two of you. And that's what needs to happen in the last few moments. We'll be done by 12. We've been doing great on time. But this moment right here is crucial. And if your spouse is not here, you go up on Google and you find some, you, you, you find, you find some, you, you, if you've got your own, you, if you wrote your, wrote your own before, go back and find those things and, and, you, and you just close the door, go into your bedroom, close your door, and you have that moment with your spouse. So, if, if I can get all the married couples that, that have their spouse here, connect. Amy, I'll, we'll connect later today.
man I heard the enemy all morning say B that's so dumb that's so stupid What about the people who are watching? What about the people whose spouses are serving or they're working at their job? What about them? I asked all that stuff. Let me challenge every single one of you. Find the mission behind your marriage. Find the mission. Find the mission. What drives? Find the mission. Find the mission. Find the mission, find the mission, find the mission. And everything about your marriage should be centered around the mission. So I want you to, just like on that day, turn to each other and hold each other's hands. We don't have to do the ring part. You done got to care of that part, okay? Dearly beloved, that's you guys. We've come together on this day in the presence of God. to witness a vow renewal between these men and these ladies the sacred relationship of marriage was established by God in the very beginning of creation and it is commanded in scripture to be held in honor by all people it is at once one of man's greatest blessings and also one of his most awesome responsibilities Men, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and at the completion, these will sound very familiar to you. You should answer, I do. Men, do you intend to take this woman whose hand you hold to be your lawful wedded wife and do you pledge once again before God and man to love her, honor her, protect her through good days and tough days, keeping yourself unto her alone until death shall separate you? If so, answer, I do. Ladies, do you intend to take this man whose hand you now hold to be your lawful wedded husband? And do you pledge again before God and man to love him, honor him, and protect him through good days and the tough days, keeping yourself unto him alone until death shall separate you? If so, answer I do. read for you the vows but instead of me saying a name I'm going to say I and I'm going to pause take you pause and so you will actually insert your name and her name so here we go this is the guys to the ladies I take you go to be my wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, excluding all others as long as we both shall live. With God as my witness, I give you my pledge. Ladies, same thing. I'm going to say I pause, take you, pause. You insert your name and his name. I take you, to be my husband to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse 
for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, excluding all others, as long as we both shall live. With God as my witness, I give you my pledge. By the authority committed unto me this day as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I declare that these individuals have officially renewed their vows on February 23rd, 2020. Some of y'all beat me to it. Men, kiss your bride. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Forward or just to connect with us, go to myforwardchurch.org. We love you. The best is yet to come.